Section ten of Confessions, Volumes three and four. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, Volumes three and four, by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section ten. Volume four let any one judge my surprise and grief at not finding her on my arrival i now felt regret at having abandoned monsieur le maitre and my uneasiness increased when i learned the misfortunes that had befallen him his box of music containing all his fortune that precious box preserved with so much care and fatigue had been seized on at lyons by means of comte d'artan who had received information from the chapter of our having absconded with it in vain did le maitre reclaim his property his means of existence the labour of his life his right to the music in question was at least subject to litigation but even that liberty was not allowed him the affair being instantly decided on the principle of superior strength thus poor le maitre lost the fruit of his talents the labour of his youth and principal dependence for the support of old age nothing was wanting to render the news i had received truly afflicting but i was at an age when even the greatest calamities are to be sustained accordingly i soon found consolation i expected shortly to hear news of madame de varence though i was ignorant of the address and she knew nothing of my return as to my desertion of le maitre all things considered i did not find it so very culpable i had been serviceable to him at his retreat it was not in my power to give him any further assistance had i remained with him in france it would not have cured his complaint i could not have saved his music and should only have doubled his expense in this point of view i then saw my conduct i see it otherwise now it frequently happens that a villainous action does not torment us at the instant we commit it but on recollection and sometimes even after a number of years have elapsed for the remembrance of crimes is not to be extinguished the only means i had to obtain news of madame de varence was to remain at annecy where should i seek her in paris or how bear the expense of such a journey sooner or later there was no place where i could be so certain to hear of her as that i was now at this consideration determined me to remain there though my conduct was very indifferent 
i did not go to the bishop who had already befriended me and might continue to do so my patroness was not present and i feared his reprimands on the subject of our flight neither did i go to the seminary m gras was no longer there in short i went to none of my acquaintances i should gladly have visited the intendant's lady but did not dare i did worse i sought out m venture whom notwithstanding my enthusiasm i had never thought of since my departure i found him quite gay in high spirits and the universal favourite of the ladies of annecy this success completed my infatuation i saw nothing but m venture he almost made me forget even madame de varence that i might profit more at ease by his instructions and example i proposed to share his lodgings to which he readily consented it was at a shoemaker's a pleasant jovial fellow who in his country dialect called his wife nothing but trollop an appellation which she certainly merited venture took care to augment their differences though under an appearance of doing the direct contrary throwing out in a distant manner and provincial accents hints that produced the utmost effect and furnished such scenes as were sufficient to make any one die with laughter thus the mornings passed without our thinking of them at two or three o'clock we took some refreshment venture then went to his various engagements where he supped while i walked alone meditating on his great merit coveting and admiring his rare talents and cursing my own unlucky stars that did not call me to so happy a life how little did i then know of myself mine had been a thousand times more delightful had i not been such a fool or known better how to enjoy it madame de varens had taken no one with her but annet merceret the chambermaid whom i have before mentioned still remained in the house merceret was something older than myself not pretty but tolerably agreeable good-natured free from malice having no fault to my knowledge but being a little refractory with her mistress i often went to see her she was an old acquaintance who recalled to my remembrance one more beloved and this made her dear to me she had several friends and among others one mademoiselle giraud a genevese who for the punishment of my sins took it in her head to have an inclination for me always pressing merceret when she returned her visits to bring me with her 
as i liked merceret i felt no disinclination to accompany her besides i met there with some young people whose company pleased me for mademoiselle giraud who offered every kind of enticement nothing could increase the aversion i had for her when she drew near me with her dried black snout smeared with spanish snuff it was with the utmost difficulty that i could refrain from expressing my distaste but being pleased with her visitors i took patience among these were two girls who either to pay their court to mademoiselle giraud or myself paid me every possible attention i conceived this to be only friendship but have since thought it depended only on myself to have discovered something more though i did not even think of it at the time there was another reason for my stupidity semstresses chambermaids or milliners never tempted me i sighed for ladies every one has his peculiar taste this has ever been mine being in this particular of a different opinion from horace yet it is not vanity of riches or rank that attracts me it is a well-preserved complexion fine hands elegance of ornaments an air of delicacy and neatness throughout the whole person more in taste in the manner of expressing themselves a finer or better made gown a well-turned ankle small foot ribbons lace and well-dressed hair i even prefer those who have less natural beauty provided they are elegantly decorated i freely confess this preference is very ridiculous yet my heart gives in to it spite of my understanding well even this advantage presented itself and it only depended on my own resolution to have seized the opportunity how do i love from time to time to return to those moments of my youth which were so charmingly delightful so short so scarce and enjoyed at so cheap a rate how fondly do i wish to dwell on them even yet the remembrance of these scenes warms my heart with a chaste rapture which appears necessary to reanimate my drooping courage and enable me to sustain the weariness of my latter days the appearance of aurora seemed so delightful one morning that putting on my clothes i hastened into the country to see the rising of the sun i enjoyed that pleasure in its utmost extent it was one week after midsummer the earth was covered with verdure and flowers 
the nightingales whose soft warblings were almost concluded seemed to vie with each other and in concert with birds of various kinds to bid adieu to spring and hail the approach of a beautiful summer's day one of those lovely days that are no longer to be enjoyed at my age and which have never been seen on the melancholy soil i now inhabit i had rambled insensibly to a considerable distance from the town the heat augmented i was walking in the shade along a valley by the side of a brook i heard behind me the steps of horses and the voice of some females who though they seemed embarrassed did not laugh the less heartily on that account i turn round hear myself called by name and approaching find two young people of my acquaintance mademoiselle de g and mademoiselle gallet who not being very excellent horsewomen could not make their horses cross the rivulet mademoiselle de g was a young lady of berne very amiable who having been sent from that country for some youthful folly had imitated madame de varence at whose house i had sometimes seen her but not having like her a pension she had been fortunate in this attachment to mademoiselle gallet who had prevailed on her mother to engage her young friend as a companion till she could be otherwise provided for mademoiselle gallet was one year younger than her friend handsomer more delicate more ingenious and to complete all extremely well made they loved each other tenderly and the good disposition of both could not fail to render their union durable if some lover did not derange it they informed me they were going to thun an old castle belonging to madame gallet and implored my assistance to make their horses cross the stream not being able to compass it themselves i would have given each a cut or two with the whip but they feared i might be kicked and themselves thrown i therefore had recourse to another expedient i took hold of mademoiselle gallet's horse and led him through the brook the water reaching half-way up my legs the other followed without any difficulty this done i would have paid my compliments to the ladies and walked off like a great booby as i was but after whispering to each other mademoiselle de g said no no you must not think to escape thus you have got wet in our service and we ought in conscience to take care and dry you if you please you must go with us you are now our prisoner my heart began to beat i looked at mademoiselle gallet yes yes said she laughing at my fearful look 
our prisoner of war come get up behind her we shall have a good account of you but mademoiselle continued i i have not the honour to be acquainted with your mother what will she say on my arrival her mother replied mademoiselle de g is not at doune we are alone we shall return at night and you shall come back with us the stroke of electricity has not a more instantaneous effect than these words produced on me leaping behind mademoiselle de g i trembled with joy and when it became necessary to clasp her in order to hold myself on my heart beat so violently that she perceived it and told me hers beat also from a fear of falling in my present posture i might naturally have considered this an invitation to satisfy myself of the truth of her assertion yet i did not dare and during the whole way my arm served as a girdle a very close one i must confess without being a moment displaced some women that may read this would be for giving me a box on the ear and truly i deserved it the gaiety of the journey and the chat of these girls so enlivened me that during the whole time we passed together we never ceased talking a moment they had set me so thoroughly at ease that my tongue spoke as fast as my eyes though not exactly the same things some minutes indeed when i was left alone with either the conversation became a little embarrassed but neither of them was absent long enough to allow time for explaining the cause end of section 10 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey